What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Punts, Bunts, and Jams podcast. Once again tonight, I'm joined by Matt Champion, the champ. Cody had some things come up once again, had uh, some things he had to take care of. Hopefully, he'll be back next week with me. But tonight, the champ and I are going to talk week one college football. I don't know if you all are excited about it as I am. I feel like you probably are if you're listening to PBJ. But I I can hardly control myself. I mean, this is – this is the time of the year that we live for, right? I mean, this is it. Labor Day's here. Everybody gets off Monday. And with that long weekend, we have football from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the way through Monday. And with that said, I'm going to break it down. I'm going to welcome in my co-host tonight. What's up, Matt? What's going on? Oh, man, just, you know, watching the Dodgers come up a little bit short right now to the the Grom and the Mets, and I'm just past it already, and we're just going to get into some college football, and I'm just, man, I'm pumped. The it's, one time I need the Dodgers to win, y'all are <laughs> not. <laughs> well, we'll get I, back to Grom's going to be a Brave next year, so. Oh, calling it early. I like it. I like it. I'll go ahead and write that down. All right. Do it. <laughs> All right, Matt. So, before we jump into Thursday night and the game's going, let me go ahead and give a shout-out to our sponsor, and that is Underdog Fantasy Sports. If there's anybody out there that is interested in it, use the code PBJ. I'm telling you, you're going to have a blast. Anything from drafting teams daily to, to the entire year. You can do college, pro, any kind of football, any sport out there. But the coolest thing that I like, and I think that some of you that I've talked to will actually really enjoy, is the pick So you go on there and you pick out two or three different player stats and pretty much just – predict that they're going to go over under it's fun it's quick and it gives you some rooting interest in some of these games that otherwise you may not really pay attention to but other than just loving the football that's on the field well that said make sure you use code pbj when you go to deposit and matt let's jump in so we're going to jump we're going to go day to day and of course tomorrow being thursday night it's the you know we have week zero and we talked about that last week and the fact that everybody was excited that football was going to be played, but we've really made it to the meet. We've made it to week one, and that all gets going tomorrow night when toe meets leather. We've got a couple – we've got a really good game, I think, and then we've got a couple games that I'm interested to see. Actually, really two games that are jump off the page. What about to you? Um, yeah, there's, there's two games that I'm really interested in. Uh, but, uh, I mean, first of all, I don't know, man. It the it's it's kind of cooled off a little bit, and and now we're talking about football and Bama plays Saturday. It's like it's, it's here, and it's go time. I mean, I'm like you. I'm kind of giddy. I'm ready for Saturday. I got a lot going on this weekend, but it's still, I'm I'm ready for Saturday. I'm ready to watch some ball. There's some good games going on. <coughs> Excuse me. There's just it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is, and it goes anywhere from. You know, the the first one that I see that's kicking off at 6 o'clock, there's about three games there, but the biggest game that kicks off at 6 is really the ex-USC quarterback bowl. It's the backyard brawl. you got Kenneth Slovis, who's starting for Pittsburgh, and JT Daniels, who's starting for West Virginia. I mean, it's two transfers that came from USC, and uh, and they're going to get it going over here on the East Coast this time. Yeah, I, I'm. that was one of the games that really jumped off the paper for me Thursday 
um i'm a bit i've always been kind of a a uh a late in west virginia fan it's, it's one of those teams i wish they would come to the sec um but uh yeah it's gonna be a lot of it's that's you know back in the days of the uh of the big east uh a long time ago back in the day Pitt and west yeah. virginia that was a big huge rival and it still is but uh yeah that's gonna be an interesting one Pitt's ranked 17th west virginia is unranked but uh, Pence, one of the three teams that are going to be playing tomorrow night. And, um, I'm interested to see how, if Pitt kind of continues the, uh, the momentum they had last year, they had a good ball team last year, but Kenny Pickett went on to, to the Steelers and, and then, uh, the receiver, I forgot his name, the receiver that was so good last year, he went to USC. I was really hoping Alabama would pick him up. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what Pitt's going to do. I'm interested to see what JT Daniels is going to do at West Virginia. Um, West Virginia always seems like one of those programs, they should be better than what they are. And, you know, it'll be interested to see if they, if they get, get off the, um, get off to a really good start. Yeah. I'm a fan of Neil Brown, the coach at West Virginia. I I like that guy. I think he's a, he came from Troy, didn't he? He did. He was the office coordinator at Kentucky and then he took the head job at Troy and then he left Troy and went to West Virginia. And I've really, hope that he'd actually be better than he has been so far, but maybe this is his year. Maybe it was just a quarterback, you know, that he needed, and he's getting a guy that at least has some experience and was highly rated coming out of high school, so he's definitely got the talent. We'll see if he can put it all together this year for West Virginia. But, I mean, there's a lot of folks that are saying this, you know, watch out Pitt, right? And they're, they're saying Pittsburgh's overrated. They're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, which is a little high for, to me. I think this could be very similar to what we saw last year on Thursday night with Virginia Tech beating UNC, who is really overrated coming into the season and uh, took care of business there. I mean, this series, man, this goes, that, that thing goes back a long ways. And, you know, one of the ones that I remember is when we had the crazy football season that was 2007 – Right. And these two finished up the season together. And I believe that was next to last or the last time that we were going to have a true backyard brawl, you know, the last game of the season. And Pitt comes out and gets the upset in a great game. That is just back and forth, you know, a, a really a slugfest and upsets a West Virginia team that had a chance to go play for a national championship. So I think if West Virginia wins that game, they go play for a title. Yeah, they, they were going to go play for a national championship and lost that game under Rich Rod. You know, that was a team that I think that was Pat White. And, uh, I'd have been. That's back in the day. <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a loaded team, and they blew it there against their rivals. So I'm really looking forward to that tomorrow night. I hope they – I don't know if this is a long-term uh, contract or anything, but I would like to see games like this be played no matter when it is during the season. So it's really cool we're going to get it first night. Uh, also, starting an hour later than that, is another Big Ten matchup, and that is Penn State and Purdue. What do you think about that game? It's Right now it's a three-and-a-half-point game. Penn State's favored on the road. Uh, well, you know, Purdue is one of those teams. They either, um, you know, they show up and up, uh, up a set. They show up and upset Ohio State, or they show up and get the brakes beat off of them. Um, it's um, – it's at Purdue. That might be a little bit of a problem because Purdue seems to play. I don't know something about their home field advantage. They they really get hyped up. Uh, Penn State's a big brand name as far as college football goes. Uh, it's gonna be an interesting game. I, I would still probably lean Penn State, but you know that's not 
that's mainly because uh, Purdue is either even last even last year they were either they look good or they look terrible. So it matters which team they're going to get. Um, like you said, it's a early early Big Ten matchup. That's you know neither team's ranked, but it's still that's that's a good matchup just for the first day of college football. Well, to me, the real first day of college football. Sure, sure, absolutely, and it's. I like Jeff Brom, and also I think that Purdue's going to be throwing the ball all over the field tomorrow night. So they've got a really good quarterback and a good set of receivers and a really good tight end. You know, uh, they're projected to have a lot of passing yards, and I think that it's going to be a good test for Penn State in the week one. And also it being on the road, man, anything can happen. So I hope that's a good game. Those two games, I'm going to be flipping back and forth a lot. And, um, I'm just excited, man. As far as the rest of Thursday night, we've got not really big games. It should be, you know, very handed handle uh, type of game. But Tennessee gets on the field. A lot of people's been, you know, high on them this year and and really you know, talking up their quarterback and different things like that. You've got Missouri gets started tomorrow night against La Tech. That game right there, it's a big spread. But watch out. La Tech is traditionally tough in that very first week. Just ask Mississippi State. Um, then you've got Minnesota playing at home tomorrow night against New Mexico State. New Mexico State played a game last week. Shouldn't even be close, but it's still another big team. And then finally, you've got Oklahoma State, a Big 12 team coming out and taking on Central Michigan and the fighting McElwain's. So, you know, several games tomorrow night to watch, but the two big ones we talked about I think are going to be the best on the on TV. I'm uh, I'm really interested to see how Tennessee looks against Ball State. Yeah, I know it's Ball State, but um, uh, I really think this might be an actual year where Tennessee can turn it around and actually make some noise. So I'm interested to see how good they are, uh, how smooth they look against Ball State. You know, are they, are they legit – turning around or is this just more hype just because it's Tennessee, you know? Um, right. Um, everybody, Tennessee's one of those programs when they get down, everybody's waiting for them to get back up and everybody's still waiting for Tennessee to get back up. So we're, we're still sitting around seeing how that's going to turn out. I'm, but I am interested. I'll be watching the volunteers uh, a lot tomorrow night. Um, I'll probably be going back between it and the Pitt West Virginia game. Yeah, Absolutely. As far as Friday night, September 2nd, so we don't really have near the depth. We do have a couple games that are, should be interesting. That is the first one at 7 o'clock, Illinois and Indiana. Right now it's a one-and-a-half-point game, so what? as far as the experts think, it's going to be very close. So it should be competitive. As far as good football, I don't know you're going to find that there. Uh, we'll just have to see. But if you, it looks like, it, as far as on paper, it should be a solid – close game at least something there if you're not out watching a high school game this one may be one to, to check in on i would uh i'm interested in that tcu colorado game absolutely that should be a big 12 game my yeah opinion. well it's it's new big 12 versus should it still be in the big 12 so and we'll uh, be back next year i think hopefully colorado never fit into the pac 12 to me so um yeah Hopefully that's a preview of, of what's going to be a regular game starting next year. I think it should be. And it's honestly right now it's a 13-and-a-half-point game. I know I'm giving you all the lines. I know a lot more people are interested in that. And as you know, if you listen to the 
the PBJ anytime I am definitely interested in that. So that's just something I always pay attention to, always mess around with. And and it's a two-touchdown game. It's 13 and a half points. You know, a lot of times you can – I'm not saying they're right every week, but you can kind of gauge how the game is going to be played just off that line, especially as we get close to game day. You seem, team to, seem to get some really good indicators on how a game is going to be played. Just the matchups in that game, even if you don't know a lot about it, you can get a really good feel for something's going to be exciting or it's not. And this one being a little bit further away, I honestly thought it would be closer. I thought that TCU and Colorado would be closer in really the level, especially it's at Colorado. I don't think that's a neutral site game. Colorado loves to play a neutral site game to open the year. Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed that, but they love playing Denver or you know anywhere else like that. And get that early game in. I don't. They may have some kind of situation like Arkansas has with Little Rock, where they're kind of required to play there so many times a year. But um, anyways, it should be a, a decent Friday night. But then we get into the meet, and that is Saturday, September third. Man, I'm just going to open it up to you. You tell me what game jumps off at you. Uh. Well, obviously, I'm ready to see my Crimson Tide play, but definitely, I you know I wish we were playing. Um, I wish we were playing Colorado. Uh, you know, just you know, I was talking to this. I was talking about this today with a buddy of mine. You know, why instead of playing Utah State, uh, why can't we find uh, and you know and and Coach Saban's talked about this before. He tries this, and, and people don't want to play him. Uh, why can't we find a a middle into low tier? power five school why can't we play a tcu or a colorado or a west virginia game one but in a home and home or neutral site because i like the home and home i i would do a home and home but yeah you know, if push comes to shove they don't want to do that just do a neutral site you know tell colorado yeah hey, y'all want to play uh y'all want to play in dallas y'all want to play in atlanta where y'all want to play i just love the home and home stuff you know like when we were in school you know we got to see penn state play and that was yeah. Awesome getting to see yeah. that in Tuscaloosa. Joe Pa and the yeah. Penn State the Penn State fans were, were so awesome. You know, that yeah. was that was like one of my best experiences. And I still remember it when I was at school at Bama was when we played Penn State and Penn State came to town and that Saturday was like I don't know. It was one of the better ones. Not so much because I mean we kind of knew, hey, we're about to go in here and, and beat Penn State and probably beat them pretty bad, but you had two college football blue bloods playing with two great fan bases. The I, I just remember how the Penn State fans acted. They were so cool. They were so um, even though you know they weren't hosting us, we were hosting them. But they were just really cool, gracious people. It was a lot of fun. Joe Paterno was there. You know, it was just great. But yeah, I'm I'm a big huge fan of uh, of the home and home. Yeah, I but, am too. And, and I will say this that. You know, to your point of playing a, a little bit better competition uh, today, actually this morning I was on, driving into work and uh, Greg, Craig, Greg McElroy, if I can say his name right. And I don't usually agree with everything he says, but I did a, I did understand what he was saying here. And he his point was he played in, you know, a year where they played a really a cream puff to start the season, and then he played in a year where we went to Atlanta, you know, in a, a neutral site and played a lot better team. And he said the you know the three weeks that you have in camp, 
are way better when you have a team, even if it's not, you know, necessarily a top 10 team or something, but just a bigger team because it's just more to focus on and you get a lot more out of your three weeks in, in camp than you do if you're playing somebody like Utah State or San Jose State or Austin P or anybody like that. Right. And, I mean, I don't know. I just think how much cooler it would be if we had a really cool home-and-home at the beginning of the year, you know, why can't we play like a, like a North Carolina or, right. or a, a Purdue or mm-hmm. Illinois or just somebody, you know, that's kind of mid to lower tier. I mean, we don't have to open up with Oklahoma every year, but uh, you know, sure. Someone that's a little bit, um, just a little bit more up to them than, you know, the a Sunbelt team. Yeah, I mean, just like a couple of years ago when we played at Duke. I mean, yes, Duke, and that's we should beat them by 100. But at the same time, we went up there. I like that, like playing yeah, a Power 5 team. The team. Yeah, I mean, they play in the ACC, and it, it was at least somebody that can recruit on a semi-equal playing field. I mean, I'm just let's just be honest. I know Duke is not recruiting the same players Alabama is, but they're also not – recruiting the same players as Troy. Right. It's, it's just not happening. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm all for at least having one, you know, a home-and-home home to open it up would be a lot better. And I know there's people that are like, this will never happen because you don't want to get beat by a lower school in your own state. But, I've, I mean, if we are going to play a cream puff at the beginning of the year, play UAB, play Troy, play South Alabama, keep that yeah. money in state. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree 100%. If you're going to write those big checks, at least write it to somebody who's in the system. There's going to be that Appalachian State-Michigan game where, you know, if you play Detroit, UAB, or South Alabama, they're going to slip up and beat Auburn or Alabama at some point in time. Maybe not an Alabama team from the past 15 years, but, you know. Right. But still, it just – I'm sure the – I really do. I'm not really trying to be critical. I just wish it could happen because Coach Saban's talked about it before, and I'm sure these – Athletic directors do try to get better teams to play, but I just wish it could happen. It, it would be a, it just would make, call, I mean, think if Alabama was playing, you know, North Carolina tomorrow or playing a, a Colorado, well, not really a Colorado, uh, Colorado State, but like a Colorado. Yeah. Or a Washington State or a Utah. I mean, it would just be, hey, they're not the best team, but hey, it's somebody we can be like, hey, we're going to watch this game because we're actually. We're playing somebody. We're not playing, uh, you know, a a school that's a cut that is just a couple of biscuits over Division One. Right, right. And speaking of Utah, man, yeah. that Utah Florida game. Yeah, that, I mean, that in Oregon and Georgia are going to be that's that's the ones I want to watch. I'm I'm I. I don't really care who wins. I actually would – it really wouldn't hurt my feelings to see Georgia lose. But that Oregon-Georgia game, it might be fun. I I really think Georgia might beat them, and Georgia could possibly beat them bad. But I really think that's going to be a fun game to watch. I mean, it's just something new. It's ducks versus dogs. It's just something we haven't seen, and it's going to be a lot of fun. There's also a lot of – uh, overlap in that game. You've got Oregon starting a quarterback who has played Georgia three years in a row. You've got their head coach was the offensive coordinator or offensive defense coordinator, defensive coordinator 
He was a defensive coordinator at Georgia last year for national championship run. Is Nix the starting quarterback out there? Or did they keep that other dude? It's Nix. He is going to be okay. starting for them. Well, then I'll be watching. Yeah, I mean it's it's a big spread. A lot of people are expecting Georgia to come out of the gates, you know, hundred percent. But they may take a step back, and that may be a competitive game. And with so much overlap, you're going to have – oh, and also the wide receiver coach that was at – I can't think of his name right off, but he was at Oregon last year, is now at Georgia. So you have a ton of back and forth there for whatever reason. It just kind of lined up that way this year, you know, when this game was scheduled 10 years ago. And um, it's just – it's setting up for a really good matchup. A lot of, you know, uh, familiarity. I'm using big words tonight, Anna. Well, I need some more coffee. Well, you're, well, you're a smart fella, so you go sure, ahead. Sure, sure. <laughs> and it's just maybe that spread is not accurate to what that game is actually going to be. I think it ought to be a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to tune in for it. That's for sure. But uh, I can tell you, man, I am most definitely going to be watching that Utah and uh, Florida game. That is a three-point line. Seven. Yeah, I mean, Utah's got a shot at you know doing some things out there in the Pac-12. Yeah, they're they're going to do it. They're it's a game. I tell you, Florida opened up back in May when all these lines were released, a, a two point favorite, and that line has went all the way to Utah minus three. It's interesting because Utah's got the better team, but they're also going to be dealing with some natural stuff. Like you know, they're heading to Gainesville in September, early September. It's going to be hot, and even though it's a six o'clock kick, it's going to be humid. Humid. They they've got a lot to deal with there. You're gonna see a lot of cramping from those guys. I mean, I know they you know they're tra- they're uh, getting ready in, at altitude right there in Utah, so they're they're training at high altitude. That'll help them. But at the same time, they're not used to the humidity that we have now. Um, wow. So they're not to the sauna that is Central Florida in early September, right? Uh, you got some other things, Notre Dame and Ohio State. Now, tell me this. The gap between teams this year, we've got two top five teams, which I personally don't think Notre Dame should be in the top five. No, they should I don't feel like that's the accurate representation. But either way, right now they're ranked top five. But you got two top five teams with a 17-point spread. That seems lopsided. And that doesn't seem like to me you've got, uh, you know, two top five teams playing. There should not be a three-score game, three-score spread between two top five teams. Just shouldn't. Oh, and, and even they're playing at the horseshoe, so they usually get, you know, the home team gets, what, two or three points for home field advantage? You're probably going to get more than that with Ohio State, honestly. Right, and I think the horseshoe is worth that, if not more. Yep. Uh, that tells you right there that they think that Ohio State's two touchdowns better than Notre Dame which they probably are, then why is Notre Dame ranked number five? You know, yeah, it's they're the New York Yankees of college football. They get a lot of hype because of their logo and their name. So I'm not saying Notre Dame is garbage. I think they're a top ten team. Uh, but top five? Uh, probably not. Um, I, I really think uh, – what's the quarterback's name from Ohio State? Yeah, I'm a college football expert. I should know his name. Stroud, C.J. Stroud. That kid's legit, and if he has a good game, you know, Ohio State's probably going to boat race him. Yeah, you know what this game feels like to me is exactly the same thing 
as last year when they played Michigan State. That game was a 14-point game, and everybody that week was like, Michigan State's way better. You know, this year there's no reason it should be two touchdowns. They come out, Ohio State takes care of business and wins 56-7. to Vegas always knows. I can tell you this right now. They're every uh, Wednesday evening of the college football season, this will start up next week. They don't come out with theirs to start the season. They come out with theirs starting between week one and week two. Every Wednesday evening, Las Vegas puts out a Las Vegas power ranking. If you look at it versus the playoff ranking, the final playoff ranking after everything is done, Vegas is always ahead of the game. So if you want a true breakdown of you know, how good a team is, look at that ranking. Do not look at what ESPN and a bunch of sports writers who have nothing and never played the game say about a team. I'm telling you right now, Las Vegas did, did not build them things from not knowing a thing or two. It's, it, they make money. I think they do their homework. That's right. Another game that's going to get the day started on Saturday at 11 a.m., is North Carolina at App State. That's a one-point game, Matt. I believe it. And that should be, you know, last week, North Carolina didn't look good. They played a team in FA, you know, Florida A&M that was missing. They had, I think, 25 players ineligible. They almost canceled the game Friday night and came in and voted to play the game. The players had a meeting, voted to go ahead and play the game. And only lost by three or four touchdowns, and I know three or four touchdowns feels like a, a you know a pretty good beat. That game should have never been within six touchdowns. It really shouldn't have. I mean, and that goes to show you that those Florida A and N kids playing around, and um, you know it. That I I didn't know that I hadn't heard about that that Florida A and M had that kind of problem, but uh, yeah, they had a lot of kids that were ineligible once they uh they, they found out right before the game but literally that week they had 25 kids that did not play because they were ineligible and the game finished up 56 24 unc allowed 24 points with a team who dressed out 51 players who probably couldn't walk on at north carolina right so yeah, yeah it's going to be the one thing i will say about north carolina with under Mac Brown, and honestly, I don't mind Mac Brown. I think he's he's is all right, dude. But they are not disciplined at all. Well, I, Mac Brown's probably trying to discipline twenty twenty two kids with nineteen nineties discipline methods, and right. it's just not the same kids. And I believe Gene Chizik is up there, right? Is he back up there? Um, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. Yeah, think so. he is the. He came back this year. He is the assistant head coach for defense at UNC. Wow, really? No idea. Yeah. I thought he was still working for SEC Network because he actually, uh, you know, I know we used to give him crap because he's Gene Chizik, but you know, I thought he did a pretty good job. Uh, yeah, he is back in North Carolina. I did not know that. I he did. I always thought Gene did a good job with um the SEC Network and what else he was doing there with ESP. Yeah. Absolutely, I think he. I think he was a decent guy, like you said, a decent commentator. So I, I listen to him. I don't care where he's from or what he is, but he, uh, he's back at he it. And it takes. He didn't, you know, he 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 wasn't overly biased. Sure. I tell you, somebody who better watch out 
and that's an early game. It's another 11 o'clock kick. Same state, North Carolina. NC State has got a ton of hype this offseason. They followed up. You know, last year they were supposed to have a good season. They had a pretty good season. This year they're coming back. They brought back a ton of players. They go on the road at 11 o'clock to a traditional giant slayer, and that is East Carolina. They're on a – yeah, East Carolina used to give Virginia Tech fits every year. It seemed like if Virginia Tech was ranked in the top 25, they lost to ECU in the first game. Right. It was it was traditional. I mean, it was just – it was like clockwork. Uh, Frank Beamer always had trouble with ECU. And North Carolina State, heading right over there, see what they can do. Uh, let's see. So – I'm digging this uh, Arkansas and Cincinnati. Oh man, yeah, I totally forgot about that game. That what do you, you know, Cincinnati's replacing a ton. Arkansas is at home. They're coming in with what should be a good quarterback. I think this guy, honestly, probably got a little too much hype behind him, but he's a guy who has got the talent. He showed it last year. He's huge. He runs like what uh, Matt Jones used to do up there, where it don't even look like he's running, but he's he's running a, a dang four two. <laughs> it's it's like he I mean Cam had the same kind of deal you know they're so tall and lanky that it looks like they're jogging but they're covering so much ground yes yeah, that stride yeah it's what do you think about that game what what's he, what's going to happen uh I've got Arkansas winning that I don't know I'm sure you know the line but I I don't know I think Natty found out last year and I granted they played they played one of the big boys when they played Alabama uh they found out yeah, you can make it to the playoff, but good luck when you get here. Um, sure. And they lost a lot. That Ritter kid that was the quarterback for Cincinnati, I think he might have been – not that they're going to fall off a cliff, but because I don't think they will. They got a good coach. They got a good program. They really do. But I really think that Ritter kid and those two corners they had were really just – they were good ball players that got – that probably overplayed their talent. Um, yes. And at a smaller school, and they were probably, by the time they got to seniors, they were just as good as anybody that was playing at Alabama or Georgia or whatever. Sure. Uh, maybe not River, but definitely those two corners. They lost all three of those guys. And I mean, they're in the top 25. So it's not like sports writers or whoever make these rankings thinks they fell off a cliff, but it's going to be different. Arkansas is really looking to have a, you know, a resurgent year. We're not where they're just like, oh, let's just let's just hope we make it to the Liberty Bowl. No, they're looking to, you know, they're looking to make some waves. And I just don't – they're playing at Arkansas. Like you said, I don't know if they're at Little Rock or in Fayetteville, but either way, Arkansas fans, they're rabid. It's going to be loud. You know, it's an SEC school – they're, I, if they were playing at night, I would definitely take Arkansas. They're playing at two thirty, but I really think Cincinnati's going to go in there and not get beat to a pulp. But I really think Arkansas is going to just unload and play big boy football on them and and take care of business. Yeah, they're playing in Fayetteville. They're going to be at home, which is, by the way, I've been up there not to a game, but just we were going through Fayetteville and stopped and had dinner and everything and went by the stadium. It's beautiful. They did a little ton of renovation here in the last little bit. It's really cool, neat place up there in the mountains. But uh, Arkansas is almost a touchdown favorite here. They're six and a half points. And I, I think 
that with what they've got coming back and just the sheer size that they have, they're coached by ex-offensive line coach. He's really focused on just big boy football, and I think they'll be able to push Cincinnati around a lot more. And I think ultimately they'll wear them down with everything that Cincinnati had to replace, like you said. I think this is going to be a game that Arkansas takes care of business. But at the same time, they're Cincinnati's used to winning, and that does say something. You know, that is something that uh, teams you have to – you don't, you can't just get by on talent. You have to have that winning mentality, and they've got it. They've got it. I was about to say that, Clay. That's the other thing that's working in Cincinnati's favor against Arkansas. I saw it when I coached high school ball. If you played a high school, even if they were having a down year, if this was a program or a school that was used to winning and the kids just, hey, we're supposed to win because of who we are, not in a cocky way, but just kind of a, you know, it, get, it I'm, I'm sorry, I've seen it too many times. It gives them a little bit more juice during the game. Yeah. And, um, Cincinnati's going to have that because, like you said, they're used to winning. Yep. And, uh, they're not going to come down here to Fayetteville and roll over. Right. Uh, so if Arkansas just walks in there and says we're about to big boy him and it doesn't go their way and Cincinnati doesn't lay on the ground and Arkansas gets you know you get that gets hit in the face a little bit, since he might since he might beat them. Yep. So um, it, and it wouldn't surprise me. So I think you're spot on with that. Like you said, programs that are used to winning, it's sometimes hard to beat them just because that's their mentality. We're supposed to win and we're going to do what we can to try to win. And uh, they tend to have more discipline. They tend to have more, like I said, lack of a better word, they have a little bit more juice to them. And since he's, since he might have that. Yeah. I, I totally think that's, uh, you know, that has to be worth something to your program. These kids, you know, it's not like they played at a smaller school who, for instance, like UCS a few years ago. Okay. They made it, you know, to big bowls and things took care of business, but then they also, they didn't play anybody during the season. Last year, Cincinnati went to Notre Dame, and it is what it is. But Notre Dame going there, there's things that get in your head. I mean, you just off uh, the tradition, the the fans are loyal. It's a tough place to play. These guys have been places. This is not like they, you know, they're just now going to their first big school uh, to play. And so it's a it's gonna be a great game to watch. I think. I just I just really feel like I said I think that overall for the game. Eventually, Arkansas could wear them down if they can, you know, get a lead and kind of keep Cincinnati trailing the entire time. It'll wear down in that fourth quarter. But we'll see. There's there's a ton of good football, man. Don't forget, this is a program that beat Georgia in a bowl game a couple of years ago. This is a program that went to the playoffs last year. And, yeah, they beat Alabama. But Alabama's beaten some much bigger schools a whole lot worse than they beat Cincinnati. Yep. Absolutely. So there's another game, you know, a smaller game if you're just flipping through and you want a close game that I think is two uh, teams that could really do something and kind of turn the corner last year, both of them. That's Houston and UTSA. That's a game that not a lot of people are going to watch. There's too many other good games on. But I can tell you that ranks in the non-power five. That's a game that a lot of folks are going to be paying attention to. That's two good teams playing. It's a four-point spread. At UTSA, it's in San Antonio, and I just—it's just one of those games. It's going to be good football. It's good, good coached football. I will say that. I think that there, there's some things happening. 
Yeah. So uh, anything else on Saturday that jumps off the page to you? Um, not really. I'm really looking forward to that. Oh yeah, Florida Utah game, uh, Notre Dame and um, Notre Dame and Ohio State. That'll be fun. Uh, like we and just just games we've already talked about Georgia Oregon, um, uh, Cincinnati Arkansas. They're they're going to be fun games. Uh, one we didn't talk about yet. Might you know we'll see what happens. Uh. Is going to be the Troy Trojans going over to uh, Oxford to play uh, the Fighting Kiffins in, at Ole Miss. That that might be interesting. I think Ole Miss will win, uh, but you know we were just talking about programs that are used to winning that have like a winning mentality. Even though they're a small school, uh, Troy used to be the big dog in Division Two, and I think that mentality of you know we're going to you better bring your lunch pail is still down there in Troy. Uh, and they're going over there to play the Ole Miss Rebels. That'll be interesting. Like I said, I still think Ole Miss wins, but, you know, might be closer than what most people think. True. Um, I'm actually going to a Troy game this year. I just My dad and I are kind of started a little tradition last year. We're just trying to see some stadiums, see some folks that we hadn't ever got to see. We, You know, I grew up, like you said, in a time where Troy was winning a lot of games when it used to be Troy State. And – uh it's just one of those places that was like, hey, it's, the tickets are, I think, 12 bucks. So we're going to go watch them play Southern Miss later on in the season and have a good time. Yeah, man. All right. So as far as this being Labor Day weekend, that means, like I said, to open this episode, we've got football every day. You know, this is the weekend that the NFL allows college football to have their opening weekend, play every day. They don't play any preseason games. They don't start their regular season until the following week. They kind of allow Labor Day to be college football heavy. And that gives us a chance to watch college football on Sunday and Monday. Sunday we've got a game that I I feel like is actually going to be a pretty solid game. That's LSU and Florida State. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, you got two traditional – powerhouse super fan base schools that are trying to regain some plastic glory. I mean, let's don't talk about LSU like they are just a dumpster fire. I don't think they are. They just won a national championship a couple years ago with a God squad. Uh, But after all those guys left, they, they have fallen a little bit harder times. They've got a new coach and Brian Kelly. Don't think he's a good fit for LSU, but we'll see what happens. Um, you know, and then you got Florida State. We've talked about them before. They're trying to to crawl back up from being of not only one that fell off, but what in the world happened to them? Because they're you know they're losing to Jacksonville State. They're uh, losing to all kinds of people they shouldn't be losing to. Um, even though they did give Notre Dame a great game last year, that was a lot of fun to watch. But after that, they didn't really do much. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because these are two teams that seem to be um, not starting over, but definitely hitting the reset button. And uh, they're playing in New Orleans. That's another thing. It's going to be cool. Neutral site game. Uh, I, well, you say neutral site. It's in Louisiana. Baton Rouge is not that far <laughs> New Orleans. But still, they're not. it's not like they're playing in Baton Rouge either. Um I'll definitely be watching that Monday night. It's going to be fun. Uh, LSU, I'll, pro- I'll probably go ahead and just take the Tigers just because they're 
a little bit further along in what you would be quote unquote rebuild than Florida State is, but it still should be a, a pretty decent game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think that I really wish I'm probably going to watch it anyways because it's college football and it's on Monday night and I'm off Monday, just like a lot of folks. So why would I not watch it? Is Clemson, Georgia Tech. I think that that's going to be a, you know, it's, a, it's not going to be a, a close game, but it's still a conference game. I tell you though, Matt, one thing I wish they would do, especially on these smaller games that are on Saturday that are really overshadowed by all the big games, move some of those to Sunday and Monday this first weekend. Yeah, move. I mean, I was just about to say, I remember us having more games on Sunday and Monday, and then now we've only got one on each. There's, in my opinion, on Labor Day weekend, we, you know, like I mentioned, we the NFL doesn't have any games. Take advantage of that. Yeah, move, they don't until next Thursday. Right. Move some of these games that are, you know, have an 11 o'clock, a 2.30 kick, and a 6.30 kick on Sunday and Monday, even if it's just moving two games to each of those days. And then you have the two headliners that we just mentioned, Florida State, LSU, Clemson, Georgia Tech. And that way you have football all day, every day. You get more exposure. you got more teams getting on TV, especially your lower games. Like, for instance, the Houston-UTSA games that I mentioned. That game should not be at 2.30 at the same time as Cincinnati and Arkansas or Ohio State and Notre Dame. It should be on Sunday or Monday to where there's nothing else on and you can watch that game. Right. That's just my opinion, and I don't really understand why the – Smaller schools have not taken advantage of that just to get on TV, but they haven't. And but we still got to, uh, football all five days. So either way, I'm happy. Yeah, no, it's you know I, I've got a lot to do this weekend, but I'm still going to take time, definitely Saturday, and just relax, turn on TV, get me something to eat, get me something to drink, and and watch some ball and and really enjoy it. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I can't wait till Sunday and Monday when everybody in the country is talking about Jamar Gibbs. Uh, is it Gibbs, the running it's, back? Yeah. I, I I mean, if you if you're ready to talk about the Tide, I'm ready to talk about the Tide. But Let's talk about the Tide. That's both of our team. And my, by my God, they won't play. <laughs> uh, I put something on Facebook today. It's that time of year where I live in Auburn, of course, and I was born and raised here. Uh, and this is home, but you know, obviously down here, they most people like another team. And uh, this is the time of year where I take out my Alabama hat. Uh, you know, I've been wearing a Braves hat all summer. I don't put the Braves hats up, still love my Braves. They just won, beat the Rockies. They should beat the Rockies. Uh, but um, I had to pull out the Alabama hat tonight. We, me and the fam went out to eat, and every Paul Paul in the restaurant turned around and gave me a go to hell look. And it's Yes, yes, sir. Paul, Paul, give me that go to hell look because that's exactly why I wore this hat in here. That's how I want it, and it's just it makes it fun. Uh, you know, it's I'm just ready to go, and uh, you know, yeah, we're opening up with Utah State, and uh, they're you know they're not the worst team you could play as far as a a mid tier team, but you know, Alabama should easily beat them. It might be twenty eight thirty five nothing at halftime, something like that. Um, we should really focus on getting them back for taking out uh, Brody Kroll's knee that time. You know, that's the game he went down in. Was it them? I thought it was uh, Western Carolina. 
I think it was Utah State. It was what the it was the, like the third game of the season. It wasn't the opener. It was no, pretty early. Gary, yeah, that year he got hurt, but it might have been. It was either them or Western Carolina, but yeah, it was a nobody. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's not like he got hurt playing Georgia. Um, but yeah, it. I, I really think there are. I mean, you've got the big two. I mean, we've got one of the we've got one of the best, and not the best quarterback in the nation, uh, coming off of a Heisman Trophy can uh, Heisman Trophy win, uh, and we've probably got the best defensive player in the nation, in Will Anderson over on defense. On top of having, um, you know, I, I, I fussed about our defense last year because they were so young. And it just seemed like we could never get on. It's almost like the defense was too complex sometimes. But I really expect us to be better this year. These kids have had another year to get acclimated. I'm really looking forward to that defense getting better um, because at Alabama, that's what we're supposed to. You know, it's great that we've had these offensive teams the last couple of years that put up all these numbers. But, you know, when you see an Alabama team that has a – a um, not a bad defense, but definitely not a dominant defense. You know, it makes you a little sick to your stomach. So I'm used. To, I really want to see what the defense is going to do. But there are two people I want to see what they do, and you've already mentioned them. I want to see what this Jameer Gibbs kid is going to do because since he got to campus from Georgia Tech, that's all you've heard about. You get on these forums, you get on anything where you've got some people that are closer to the program, talking about anything. The two things I've heard the last couple of weeks is Jameer Gibbs is that guy. He's going to bring something else to the running game. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he looks real good getting the ball from Bryce on passing plays. He can block, pretty much do it all. He's not a big guy. He's not like another Derrick Henry or anything like that. I'm thinking more he might be another Josh Jacobs. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. And then you got this freshman uh, wide receiver. They're putting him at the slot. He played it. This kid was playing high school ball at Calera last year. He is now starting for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah. He must be doing something right because, you know, Nick's never had a problem starting freshman. But when they do start, there's something special. You know what I'm saying? He just oh, don't yeah. out there. Well, I would and, tell you about this Gibbs kid, though, man. Like you said, everybody's <laughs> been high on him. He may come out and be a total bust. Do you? Ever, did you watch The Office? Did you watch all the seasons of The Office? No, I was never. Oh, I'm, I'm, you, man. Uh, whenever uh, – I can't remember the exact quote. But Kevin off the office, he says that if anybody ever gives you 10,000 to one odds, you take it, no matter what it is. That's the way I felt when I looked at his Heisman odds. I placed the bet, and let's just say that, as Kevin said in that episode, like I said, I may mess this up, but I believe he said if Bruce Springsteen ever wins an Emmy, I'm going to be a very rich man. Right. If this kid comes out half as good as I think he's going to be, I'm going to be a very rich man. <laughs> I'm joking, but it's it should be a lot of fun. And the cool thing, you know, here's the thing. I think, I think you know, we're going to get back to running the ball by committee. But honestly, that helps a lot of times. You know, Derrick Henry came out 
carried the ball 99 times a game, and that was great. He was a huge player. He could do that. He could lean forward and gain he, five yards. He's also, and you know, a lot of people. Not to interrupt you, Clay. I'm sorry, but like he, Derrick Henry. That's a little different. Those. I know this is going to be blasphemous to a lot of people, but I really do believe this. And but it's a different era. He reminds me of a Herschel Walker, a Barry Sanders, um, you know, a, a Bo Jackson. These generational running backs that we used to have that were so good. The game has changed, so they they don't shine like they used to. But Henry was that and then some because if you if you tell a kid, hey, even if it is like a really good kid, like a Jameer Gibbs or uh, a Najee could do it a little bit. I always called him mini Derek because he was there. He was he was kind of like that, but not really. I think you could get Najee to do it, but you're you're playing with fire a little bit. But if you tell a regular running back these days, you're about to carry the ball 35, 40 times you're asking for trouble. They're going to be tired. They're going to get hurt. Derek never had that. You know what I'm saying? He, he no, just I do. That's exactly what I'm – that was exactly my point. I mean, I'm, I think that this is going to help Gibbs because it's going to keep him fresh. Right. right. And he's going to come off – when he comes back on the field, whether it be first down, second down, or third down, he's going to be ready to go. And I think he's going to get majority of the carries, and he's going to get some breast in between. And I just – I think he's going to be lights out. Yeah, I, and um, with Bryce, you know, they said him and Bryce hit it off real good. Uh, I mean, I think Bryce is the uncontested leader on offense. Not just – I don't know. I just think everybody listens to what he's got to say just because he's a, he's a really good kid. Well, uh, if you watch the highlights go ahead. of Gibbs at Georgia Tech, dude, he catches the ball out of the backfield great. So, he can yeah. not only – he's only going to take the ball from Bryce – He's going to give him another weapon as as dumping it off all the time. Right. And if we can – that's something that can help us because if it's anything like we were last year, offensive line at times was a liability, run some screens. You know, let – make them defensive linemen think twice before I'm about to just tee off like I've been doing all game going for a sack. And there's Jameer Gibbs. Like, you know, last time I can remember – us having a really deadly screen game with a running back was Josh Jacobs. Yep. So if we can, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to say, I mean, they're not going to, their offense is probably going to be vanilla with a side of vanilla on Saturday, especially yep. since we got Texas next week. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested to see how they, they utilize Jameer. They might not utilize them like they want to at all because, you know, you want to go over there in Austin and kick them in the teeth. But Yep. Um, I'm just really excited to see him and in, in, in that wide receiver that they that freshman. You know, they're saying this is a you know this is a huge name to replace. I was a huge huge Jalen Waddle fan. Yeah, I loved watching him play. I just loved the guy, his swag. He had swag, but I didn't think he was overly cocky. But you know, he definitely he had some swag to him, and um. You know, I don't know if this kid's going to be like that. That's big shoes to fill, but that's what everybody I hear from is saying. This kid is another Jalen Waddle. He can fly. He's shifty. 
Uh, he's got another, you know, there's fast and then there's fast, fast. And everybody's like, this kid is fast, fast. Yeah. So if you, if you stick him in the slot, his freshman year, let him get used to playing and, and get him some, uh, some matchup problems on some uh, safeties or some linebackers, even, uh, he can show out and show out early. And then, you know, once he gets his feet under him, you stick him back out there on the flank and like we did Jalen and just, Hey, run straight. I'm going to throw it up. You go over there and get it. And yeah. uh, so, I, you know, we'll see what happens, but I'm just, I'm super hyped. Uh, I wish I was going to the game Saturday. I don't have, I, I'm, I don't really have time. I got a lot going on, but, um, you know, Brian Denny, I bet is going to be bumping. It's going to be a lot of fun. And also, how about even though we're starting off Utah State, a 6.30 kick? It doesn't happen at Brian Denny a lot. Most of the time in these small games like that, it's 11 o'clock. It's as hot as it can be. We got a chance for a little cooler. Yeah, thank God, um, because it's hot in Bryant Denny. At eleven o'clock, it's very very hot. It's, it's hot right any eleven o'clock in October. So, so g- give me a husband, somebody who we need to watch out for, not C.J. Stroud, who's the top guy on the odds, or Bryce Young, who won it last year. Give me somebody that you think has got an outside shot at this. Put me on the spot. Uh <laughs> And, of course, I, I'm a big fan of, like I said, I've got Gibbs as one of the guys I took. I took two homer picks. I took Will Anderson. I think there, there's going to be a lot of get-back votes for him that he missed out on last year. He should have been up there in New York last year, even if he didn't win the thing. He should have been in New York. Um, so I, I think he'll get a lot of votes based off of that, even if he doesn't have the kind of year he had last year. I think a lot of folks realized what they had done. And so I think he's going to get a lot, a really good shot at it. And I think somebody who we're going to have to face and stop in week two is going to be that B. John Robinson at Texas. Well, I was about to say, I, I don't really, you know, I guess I'm taking the cop out, but I really don't know if anybody I would say has an outside chance because there's so many, it's very top heavy this year as far as Heisman because you got basically other than, Aiden Hutchinson, everybody that was in the running for it last year is back. Yep. And um and Will Anderson should have been there last year, but he wasn't. And um I'm not saying he should have won it. I'm just saying he right. should have at the ceremony. And um to be honest with you, I was gonna say if Texas, Notre Dame, or USC have any player that has any consistency of play and has a good year, that would be my quote unquote dark horse because that's who the media is going to prop up. I think Bijan Robinson is going to be a guy who goes in the NFL and just dominates. That kid is is he's fast, he's big, he seems to be a smart player, smart football IQ. I just think that he's going to come out and just dominate in the NFL. Maybe he will, uh, but as long as he has. Uh, a really bad day uh, <laughs> 10 days from now. Yeah, September the what September 10th, he needs to uh he, he needs, needs to just stay on the sidelines. Just just don't even show up. Yeah. <laughs> go go mess around with some monkey that one of your assistant coach's wives have, you know. Yeah. Do something. Uh, but all right man, well that's 
that's everything I got. You got anything to add before we close it out? Uh, no, can't say that I do. Um, just excited, man. I mean, like I said last week, it's uh, football season starts this week to me. I know we got games last week. They don't really count. But, uh, you know, football season really starts this weekend. Um, baseballs is tightening up. We're getting to the end of that. And, and the NFL starts next Sunday and I get to go climb a tree and hunt deer in about a month. So I'm, you know, this is my time of year. I'm really, I'm just excited, man. Yeah. I mean, this last week's was good to get football on the field. This week starts the football season. Yeah. This, this is legit, legit. It's time to go. And it's a pretty decent week one, you know, to me, week two is always, not very good, even though Alabama and Texas play next week, but that by far is like the biggest game. Nobody yeah. else is playing anybody. That's usually the cupcake week. Um, and then, you know, once we get to week three and week four, you really start seeing some people play. But um, Saturday uh, – well, not just Saturday. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and Monday are going to be a, a lot of fun. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, Matt, I appreciate you joining me, man. I don't have any questions for you tonight. I had a lot going on today and just didn't have a chance to put together any rapid fire, but I loved talking college football with you. Yeah, man. Always a good time. All right. Well, buddy, um, I will. We'll uh, shout out to our, our boy, Cody. I hope everything uh, gets better, man. We're, Absolutely. We're, I, I'm missing him tonight. I was looking forward to having Cody back. Yeah, I know. He's – you know, just had to take care of some things, and uh, he'll be back on with me soon. And and we're gonna have you back on later on down the season, and it's gonna be a lot of fun, man. I'm looking forward to this. Football's here tomorrow night. At this time, we will be finishing up some of the early games. That's crazy to me. I'm excited. We're here. It's time to get overhyped about how teams look in week one, and then let you down in week two. It's time to get get. Blown away in week two because of teams that you thought were terrible from week one and overrated. So it's it's here. It's time to have fun. Yes, sir. And with that, once again, this week I'll tell you. And you know, it, as far as Cody usually handles this, as far as letting everybody know, but it's honest. It's the truth. We don't mess with horses. We don't mess with horses, Clay. <laughs>